Neil's getting pretty offended by Teen Titans pretty fast. It's Neil hasn't <laughs> seen it all the way through, but it, it's it doesn't get better, does it, Neil? No, no it doesn't. No, <laughs> no Fest goes. Uh, as I recall, that that show was awesome. And then he messaged me again. And he goes, "I only saw the first season, so I need a lot of time to catch up." I'm like, "Dude, why are you why are you defending it that?" Yeah, really. And then he actually he actually tweets to Neil Gaiman, not Neil, saying, "I just oh, watched the first sixteen episodes and it's great." I'm like, I'm like, why are you tweeting Neil Gaiman? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm not kidding. That's that's really what happened. Now I'm assuming Neil Gaiman is at Neil Gaiman. It's actually at Neil himself. Okay. There's a big difference between at Neil himself and at Neil Sama. There's a huge difference. I know. You know, it's like, I Jesus thought, Christ, I, dude. I saw it and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... Neil, I just... Neil Gaiman's probably, you know, got his iPhone or whatever he's got out there. He's like, who the fuck is this moron talking to me about Teen Titans? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I don't ever give Redeeming Coins Teen Titans whatsoever because of the fact that I had been in a, you know, nearly two plus year continuity argument of people arguing on a forum about whether it's in DCAU continuity or not. So have I. What? So have I, and I know your pain. Right, but... It's, it, it, is, isn't conti- it isn't continuity with the crap man, though. Those are in the same universe. Yeah. The, um... The shit goes the with thing- shit. <laughs> Yes. The thing is, um, I will give it one point of being kind of funny when uh, Starfire is just obsessed with mustard. <laughs> what about when she was obsessed with killing people? Remember that, Neil? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was also that was also the episode that blatantly contradicts the DCAU continuity connection. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the one. It's the prequel episode. I'm like, oh, did you know that they actually did an episode where she has the comic character's personality? And he was like, wait, what? And I showed it to him, and, like, in the first f- ten minutes, she's, like, a rampaging monster about to kill people. And it's, it, there's this part where it's, like, there's the people on a balcony, and the balcony's falling apart because he's hitting the support beam. She actually stops, looks up, and it just goes, wham, 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 again. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That show is so fucking bad. Isn't that what happened, Neil? That is what happened. And, and, and it, just, it just got worse and worse because after that we watched an episode where she's all bubbly and so she's like, stop it, you're hurting me. Yeah, it's the one where it's the one where Robin thinks he's seeing Slade all the time. And, yeah, and <laughs> and she's just following him around and, and she's wringing her hand. She's like, golly gosh, Robin. It's like, I couldn't see Slade and I tried really hard to see Slade. It's like, it's like did, did, you know, being exposed to Earth culture for 10 minutes suddenly make her an idiot? Pretty much, yeah. I, really, Starfire and Teen Titans is the same way that Supergirl was in Apocalypse. Yeah. And you wonder why I didn't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> there are just so many other What's cartoons other bat- that are... There are so many other cartoons that are bad that I would watch before I would ever watch episodes of Teen Titans. When Teen Titans was still running reruns on Cartoon Network... This is the same thing with the Batman that I had the problem with Cartoon Network. They would rerun the same season over and over and over and over again for like six friggin' months. They would never fucking change it. And uh, I kept seeing the stupid Mother May I Teen Titans Oh, God! I'm like, like, oh my God, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Neil, I will never show you that episode because that episode will actually make you put a gun in your mouth. He has to at least say it once because it just, you can't you can't make an objectionable opinion or or either way defend or deny Teen Titans without seeing that craptastically. Yeah, that episode was so bad. Oh my god! I, I, I don't 
think Neil is prepared for that. I mean, Neil has seen the Crap Man. Neil has seen Teen Titans. But the Mother Might May I episode, weaker men have died. <laughs> it, uh, Mike, I don't think that you, you should really force Neil to watch. I'm not forcing it on him at all. I'm just saying to have a overall opinion of the series, he needs to watch the worst episode ever. If he decides to watch it, that's up to him, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, what's his name? Oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Tim Robbins didn't make the uh, the warden put the gun in his mouth in Shawshank, but he put the gun in his mouth anyway. You know what? You want to be a part of that commentary track, Mike? What, what the Teen Titans thing? Yeah. No. <laughs> I refuse. I will. <laughs> really? Because Neil and I have been making, like, we're riffing hard on this show, like, over and over again. That That's the only joy I get out of it, because, these, <laughs> because it's like, oh, Robin should have been dead by now. Oh, is he dead, Neil? He's dead. Yeah, there's only one goddamn Batman. There is no goddamn Robin. <laughs> it's like, you know, Batman stuff you can explain away for the most part, at least in animation, you, well... DCAU animation, you can explain away Batman's, you know, Most of it, yeah. times that he should be dead, you can explain it away. There are other times that you can't, but for Robin, yeah, Robin should be <laughs> Over and over and over. And... Oh, God, can you imagine? And I know this isn't the case because I know that it's actually been proven that the Teen Titans Robin is Dick, Dick Grayson. Can you imagine if the Teen Titans Robin was Jason Todd? <laughs> well, you know what? That's why I always say because he does act like an asshole. Just yeah. like Jason Todd, I mean, I mean, how much of an asshole was he in that in that Tyler Durden episode, Neil? A total douche. I mean, we're not ta- we're talking maximum strength douche. I mean, the the kind of prostitutes. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Hello and welcome to the crossover between Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. I am one of your hosts, Steve, Joe, and Mike, and joining me from the AA is... Ben, ben Carp- host. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I gotta start over now, damn it. <laughs> I'm just keep on doing that until until you until we like have twenty minutes of you messing up the intro. Well, you messed it up once. Hello and welcome to the crossover of Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. I am one of your hosts, TFG and Mike, and joining me from the AA is Ben, the host, and TV's Mister Neil. This is the last time I work with someone with a speech impediment. <laughs> and then that's the part where Donald calls uh, Daffy. No, what again? no, he didn't say that. <laughs> Today we are going to be re- reviewing one episode of Duck Dodgers. Why, you might ask? Well, it's a superhero cartoon-related issue, and we'll be talking about the episode The Green Loon Turn. One of the greatest episodes of one of the greatest cartoons ever based off of a, one of the greatest shorts by one of the greatest animators, Chuck Jones. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of great there, so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, do you want me to give the history of Duck Dodgers as a concept really quickly? Uh... Or did you want to do that, Mike? I think I'm going to talk about the 2003 series. You can chime in with the original short. Okay. Uh, um, the original short was, of course, by animator and legend 
and God amongst animators, Chuck Jones. Uh, it was it was a spoof of Buck Rogers, obviously by the title, yeah. and basically it's about uh, it's about uh, Duck Dodgers and evil eager able cadet uh, searching for planet x to find the last of uh, some rare resource i believe it's uh shaving cream foam yes yeah and they they and they get to planet x by following planets a through y and uh (laughs) and they get to uh they get there and then they have a battle with the martian commander and the smart martian commander who of course was from earlier chuck jones shorts battling uh, bugs bunny yeah, you would remember, and uh, he was actually voiced by someone else in the original short and in the Duck Do- in the Duck Dodgers in the twenty third and a half century. He was voiced by someone else, the more yes. the more iconic voice. Well, Mel Blanc did all the originals, obviously, um, as far as the original short goes. Uh, Duck Dodgers, the two thousand three cartoon, though primarily based around the original Duck Dodgers short, uh, which is also set in the twenty fourth and a half century. Uh, the series has also taken many visual and theatric uh, sites uh, from other Looney Tunes shorts unrelated to the Dodgers character and its science fiction premise. Many other familiar characters from the Looney Tunes pantheon are featured in the series, often give it traits that fit within Duck Dodgers' own universe. For example, Yosemite Sam becomes Cthulhu Siam, a parody of the Klingons in Star Trek. Elmer Fudd becomes a parasitic, mind-altering alien disease known as the Fudd a combination of the Flood and the Borg. Witch Hazel was Lisa the Witch in one episode. Count Blood Count was Count Mert in two episodes. And Wiley Coyote was a predator-like alien hunter in one episode where Martian Commander X2 and K9 were hunting Nasty Canasta. Uh, also, Nasty Canasta, Taz, Rocky and Muggsy, and the Crusher also made appearances in this series as well as the Gophers, Macintosh, the Martian Gophers on Mars. Um... Now, I did not realize this at the time, looking at the uh, at, at the voice cast. I know, as of recently, the Looney Tunes show has employed Rob Paulson and Jess Harnell as Macintosh. Um, I did not know that they also did it in, 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 in the Duck Dodgers series, so that's very, very cool. <laughs> well, back in the old days, it was all Mel Blanc, so... It was all Mel Blanc, yeah. And the interesting thing is that all of the characters that, that Mike just named off are all specifically... Uh, Chuck Jones character. Yeah. Well, there's there's one Warner Brothers Looney Tunes character that was never shown on Duck Dodgers. One. Bugs Bunny. Because every time Bugs Bunny shows up in the modern age with Daffy Duck, he instantly overpowers Daffy Duck as a lead, and they didn't want that. They didn't even right. want the temptation for the writers to even think of that. So they they put they put Bugs you know on cold storage, never to show up in this cartoon. And I like that. And it's, I agree with their decision. This is yeah. obviously the right decision because in the modern age, every time Bugs and Daffy share the screen, it's, you know, Daffy becomes Bugs' bitch. Yeah. Every time Bugs shows up, <laughs> Daffy immediately turns heel. Yes, yeah, exactly. And this show is actually great because this this is classic. This is this is classic Daffy as Duck Dodgers, you know, the, the, the narcissistic asshole at his best. It's... Yes. Oh. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. As, as soon as as soon as it opens, you have uh, yeah uh, Tom Ford... Jones singing the song. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as the actual episode of the Green Loon Turn opens, you have um, the cadet being used and carrying all of Dodger's packages. It's so hilarious. <laughs> This this show has so many great episodes, and this show is actually written very smart for smart yeah. audiences. Uh, uh, one episode, the one that that uh, parodied the episode of Star Trek: The Original Series with the Gorn, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where it was it was Daffy versus Taz. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a scene, and this has nothing to do with Green Lantern, but this actually is a scene that shows how smart the writers are. It's where Daffy defeats Taz by by disguising himself as a duck dinner. He gets eaten by Taz, and then it shows a picture of Daffy in Taz's stomach standing upright with cleats on his shoes and doing a tap dance to make defeat Taz. And right when it shows a shot of Daffy standing up in Taz, it cuts to a father and son watching the show in like a 50s uh, living room. Right. And the kid says, Dad, why can Daffy stand in Taz's stomach when outside he's taller than Taz? <laughs> and, and, the, and the father says to the son, well, well son, it, it is just a cartoon, you know. And the son says to, to the father, I know, but that's not really the excuse. And then the father says, well, if they do something extremely visual appealing. And then it shows Daffy doing the tap dance. And then it cuts immediately to the living room and the living room's empty. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, the Green Loon turn, obviously a parody of the Green Lantern, um, which this episode of Duck Dodgers is even is better than live act. Anything is better than a live action Green Lantern movie at this you, point. You, you could find you could find a placemat that has Green Lantern on it and say that's better than the Green Lantern. <laughs> exactly. Um, but basically, what happens? Wait, is the, just, the Green Lantern from the live action Justice League pilot in the eighties is better than that movie. The one that the one that has a uh, oh jeez the one that oh, has the wow. uh, the one that has uh, what's his name from Mash as uh, as Martian, <laughs> Martian Manhunter. Um, the basic plot of this is that uh, D- uh, Dodgers goes in to get his dry cleaning. They mixed it up and gave him a Green Lantern uniform. Hal who, Jordan's Green Lantern. Yes, ha- yes, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern uniform. He goes around, you know, trying to abuse the power. He nearly kills a puppy, and everyone goes all doe-eyed because a puppy's gonna die. Heaven forbid. And 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 then the cop just stares at him like, "Good luck with that investigation." And then he gets. Uh, uh, rocketed off to Oa by the ring and we see Kilowog, Kat Matui, uh, Tomari, and a whole bunch of other lanterns. Chip, which I'm affectionately naming Chip Chase because that just is what it reminds me of. Although I don't think the squirrel could fit in the wheelchair. Well, you know, you, well, you know you're never truly disabled as long as you have acorns. <laughs> Yeah. But th- let's talk about the voice cast of, of oh, yes. the, the characters for this episode. I mean, these are Cal Jordan played by Kevin Smith. And he only shows up at the end. It's not like, because... Oh, Kevin, Kevin Smith, is, is, that, Kevin Smith yeah. is such a great sport with Warner Brothers. I mean, they ask him to, to do these roles, these 10-second these roles, and he's like, yeah, of course I'm in, because Kevin Smith's like a regular guy. And Sinestro voiced by, voiced by Q, John Delancey. Oh my God! And, and Kilowog is John DiMaggio by John DiMaggio and Kamatua by Tara Strong. Gray Delisle did Bodakai or Bo, how Budica, Budica. Yeah, whatever. Uh, John Delancey as Sinestro. I love the line of when, when Dodgers is like, you know, you kind of look like the devil in person. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and back to Kevin Smith. I mean, that guy obviously gets Green Lantern because uh, he grew up on the street. <laughs> well, he grew up. He grew up on a street. <laughs> What, what my favorite my favorite line is when the is actually the whole plot is basically the the power batteries is captured the lanterns are captured and all that's left is is Kilowog, Chip and Katmatui and, and Dodgers. Dodgers and and of course that that oath that oath was great oh the oath will be in this episode somewhere it will oh, be yeah. in, whether it's in the beginning or whether it's in the middle of the end it'll be in here somewhere right here yeah for us it'll be 
No. In blackest day or brightest night, this watermelon, cantaloupe, yada yada, a superstitious and cowardly lot, with liberty and justice for all. And and so they decide to elect Dodgers to infiltrate uh, Sinestro's fortress under the guise of one of Sinestro's, Sinestro's robotic soldiers. And it had some very clever, almost Silver Age-esque constructs like the shoe in the door to to uh op- to keep the door open and my favorite part is when they uh is when the robots are like hey do i know you and and they if it was like this high school rivalry high thing. school <laughs> rivalry <laughs> and i like how at, right 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 after that after dodgers gets that going he goes over to the controls and is like hmm, how do i shut this off bang 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just starts hitting it yeah i i especially like the part where he acts like he's tempted by sinestro's offer of evil yeah, exactly. That and, was so and, and my favorite part is uh, is like some of the jokes were around this time in the comics. Uh, this very minor comic history is you know Kyle Rayner was the only Green Lantern, and a, a lot of the jokes was Kyle Rayner continually tried to revive the core, and yeah. that was a phrase in the comics, reviving the core. So <laughs> the the scene where Duck Dodgers creates the giant alarm clock <laughs> to revive the core, and then they're shouting, "He's reviving the core!" That was. Like, <laughs> I think that's what should be your all's image this episode is the is is the alarm clock shot. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I mean this was just a fun. Oh, I mean most of the Duck Dodgers episodes are fun. I mean it's it it's meant to be a fun cartoon, but this episode was just so hilariously funny. And the reason why we are giving this, at least for Tooncast Beyond, a special episode because that's what we term the episodes that we don't number, um, is that. We've already covered both Green Lantern animated films in the DC Universe Spotlight for the movies. And we had mentioned, I think, did we mention it in First Flight? Or, yeah, we mentioned it in First Flight. Yeah, we mentioned it in First Flight. So I figured, why the hell not do a little special episode about it here? Um, what are your thoughts on it, Neil? This was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always been impressed with the Duck Dodgers cartoon in general just because... Uh, how difficult it was for them to get replacement voices for some of these characters after Mel Blanc died. And the Porky in this cartoon is one of my favorite Porkies. They, they, had, to, they had to get yeah, five he, people to replace Mel Blanc. That, that says something about Mel I Blank. know, but it really took them a while to get a good Porky. I mean, it, yeah. you hear the one in, in Tiny Toons. Just, it's well, that's not... Fingernails on the chalkboard. Oh, oh, okay, you're talking about the actual Porky in Tiny Toons. Not Little Porky. About, you're not talking about Hamilton, okay. No, no, I'm not talking about Yeah, yeah okay, okay, not okay. Little, not Little Porky, no. No, the one that um, uh, let's let's Hampton uh, do the drum saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, Joe Aleske and uh, and Bob Bergen, both as Daffy and Porky, do an amazing job. I mean, yeah. everyone after Mel Blanc that has you know there has been certain ones that aren't so great, but almost every single person that has a love, every single voice actor that has attempted a Looney Tunes voice that has a love for what Mel Blanc did has paid immense homage to him, I think. And Joe Alasky was there literally from the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you do you have, by any chance, the VHS copy of Batman, the original movie? Uh, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, there's the a... Daffy Duck promo, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that promo uh, was recut because they changed the... Uh, the, the free number catalog? That, yeah, fr- they changed it from free catalog to new catalog. And Mel Blanc had died between those two takes, so they had to get Joe Alasky to fill in. And he does a pretty good job. So it's flipping back and forth between Mel and Joe. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of people do have. Throws, a... The only thing that throws it off is the switchback. If they had, if they had him recorded all over again, you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, a lot of people have nostalgia of that, including myself. Yeah. I w- I wish that there was a DVD uh, copy of that on the on the newer uh, DVD. Uh, yeah, and I'm surprised on the, like when they released that big Batman set or those individual like that big uh, Batman film collection like eight disc DVD box set with all four of the eight nineties Batman films in it. I'm surprised that wasn't a special feature on the two disc mm-hmm. Batman 1989 movie. I mean, they put the Diet Coke ad on there. Why not put the, the did they, did they put the did they put the Prince music video? Oh yes. I mean, they they never actually say the number, so they could all they had to do was blur it out. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, this episode was so hilarious. I mean, if you need a good laugh every now and then, watch this episode of Duck Dodgers. Watch, I mean, any, watch episode, any of the episodes. Yeah. But, but, I mean, specifically for this, because this will be Duck Dodgers eventually, as Tooncast Beyond goes goes further in, in years. Uh, the full series of Duck Dodgers will be covered. Uh, but I, I wanted to take a special time to, to talk about this episode, because this episode is just so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's even more awesome than the episode where Duck Dodgers is coast, coached by the ghost of Brian Williams to surf. Brian Wilson to surf. <laughs> oh, God. You remember that one? Yes. <laughs> I'm not joking. The ghost no, of Brian I, Wilson. I He's actually, he actually was voiced by Brian Wilson. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and, and it was, that was actually a, a Popeye homage in that episode, too. There are two spoofs in this cartoon. Actually, there's a whole lot of spoofs, but the two that were listed on, on IMDb were uh, the segue between scenes had a Green Lantern logo zoom forward accompanied by the, seg- uh, the, the segue sound effect from Challenge of the Super Friends. <laughs> so that was kind of awesome. And the other one is uh, Sinestro's robot confirms orders by saying, by your command, just like Lucifer did to Baltar in Battlestar Galactica. Now, the first time I heard, because I've never seen Battlestar Galactica, I have no interest. Um, it's a great I series. I don't dislike or like it either way. I, I just have I just have so much other stuff that that I need to watch. I just can't start on a whole other series. But the first time I heard the "By Your Command" line was from uh, Krager in Justice League, <laughs> <laughs> in in Starcrossed, in that uh, that very awesome season-ending three-parter. Um. I, well, we can't really. This isn't. I mean, Duck Dodgers itself, I think, is on DVD somewhere, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know if we can rate this. I mean, I'm sure we would rate it a four. I mean, the actual cartoon is on the First Flight DVD, so I mean. And I think we gave that a four anyway. So yeah. And you know, like I said, I, I give Duck Dodgers by itself as a whole series a four. Anyways, it, it's not. It's not. It's not even without question. I mean, Duck Dodgers is is one of the be- best modern. Uh, you know Warner Brothers animated series, and that's why it was canceled because they because Warner Brothers seems to be allergic to good. Well, I would blame Cartoon Network, but um, anyways. So here on Tooncast Beyond, we're going to take a break. You're going to hear some ads, and we'll come back to close the show after that. Tooncast will be back after these messages. <laughs> You can now hear the GeekCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear GeekCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio, all one word. 
can get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code KeyCastRadio when you register. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind? That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind? Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. Coming April 10th, 2012, the GeekCast Radio Network launches Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Now back to podcast. Holy crap. 24 minutes out of one episode. Out of, what is it, 11 minute episode or whatever? It was yeah. actually a 22-minute episode. Oh, was it really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I Well, I, I, when I was watching it, I was just watching it for enjoyment. I wasn't paying attention at the time. But because um, most cartoons nowadays are 11, 13 minutes. The last shot of that cartoon was great, though, where, where uh, Dodgers is stuck alone. Maroon Don playing. He's like, maybe Cadet will get me. It shows Cadet still hung up on the, the pole. He's Don't like, count on it. Don't bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. Lope, watermelon for liberty and justice for all. Superstitious and cowardly lot. <laughs> One of my favorite bits in Batman Beyond was the Batman opera. Yeah. Not opera, not opera, musical. You know, like a Gilbert and Sullivan musical. Yeah. And, and th- there was this dance number with Batman singing a superstitious, cowardly lot. Yep. Oh, actually, in, oh, uh, wait, wait. That was that was from the, the, from the bad episode. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. That's from oh. Out of the Past. Yeah. Paul Dini, why do you do that? Hey, it was fun. Well, okay, for Out of the Past specifically, you had to have something really funny in the beginning to be able to go dark later. And then it went funny right after it went dark. Lady, you seriously creeped me out. Dude, I kissed her. <laughs> yeah. I love Batman Beyond. I love Paul Dini. About the length of this episode, yeah, it's funny how when you're really enjoying something, you're not watching the clock at all. No, not at all. Whereas in uh, Emerald Nights, I was like, oh, man, only 20 minutes <laughs> have gone by. Yeah, and, and this morning when we watched that that, that episode of Teen Titans, how often were you looking at the clock, Neil? Uh, constantly. Uh, which episode of the two, it, was it the Tyler Durden episode you hated more? I think so. Mike, you have to be in on one commentary. Come on, man. No. Come on. Nope. 
You get the you'll get the bash as much as you want. You are I I don't care. You're not putting me through that torture. I it's bad enough you put us through the yellow piss of uh of of um a Batman. Yeah, Batman painted in yellow. The uh, the yellow piss of Jeff Johns or Jim Lee or whoever the fuck did that it. That was Jim Lee's art. <laughs> Come on, wasn't that it was... a Jeff Johns story or no? I, that, I, that, I don't, I don't that even was a remember. Frank Miller's comic. That was a Frank Miller oh, comic. That's right. That yeah. was All Star Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, Which was the sequel to Year One. God, oh man! All right, let's see. So we are back here on Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. Uh, final thoughts, Neil? Uh, wonderful episode. Wonderful series. Uh, if any way you can get it, you know, just go out and get it. Whether it's on DVD, Netflix, whatever, you have to watch it. You have to yeah. pay for it and watch it. No piracy at all. You, not only do you have to pay for it, you have to buy five copies of the Duck Dodgers box set and spread it out because maybe if Warner Brothers sees people have a huge number of these bought, they might, you know, make yeah. more series like this. Well, there is the Looney Tunes show, but I don't want to open that can of worms. <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are the same. You know, everyone needs to watch Duck Dodgers, especially this episode if you're a Green Lantern fan. Especially if you're a Guy Gardner fanboy, because holy crap, did Guy Gardner look like he was on drugs? <laughs> yep. He, he looked like a crack whore for a while there. So thank you for joining us here on Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. There's so ways to get in contact with us. Leave feedback for the show. Visit the websites, geekcastradio.com and animationaficionados.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. You can follow us on Twitter. The show name there is Tooncast Beyond. Mine is TFU and Mike. Neil, what is your Twitter? Neil Sama. Not yes. Neil himself. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what's the AA Twitter? A Aficionados. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network and facebook.com slash animation aficionados. Call our voicemail line here at GCRN 502-526-5821. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. We hope you enjoyed this special episode of Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Jeeves, Mr. Neal. And Ben. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. Good night, everybody. Sinestro! 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 Say what? No!
So, Mike, what was the name of the guy who who like canceled all of the good Warner Bros. cartoons in the late nineties at once? Um. And the Maniacs, Freakazoid, the Pinky and the Brain, all canceled in one's foul swoop by this one executive. I don't remember. Well, okay, well, when I said in the episode about that I blame Cartoon Network, is I blame Cartoon Network for canceling or doing doing away with anything that isn't, like, their baby. Like, they would prefer to promote fucking Adventure Time over Green Lantern, the animated series, or Thundercats, or, or you know, actual action cartoons that matter to people. So I have no idea who the executive was, though. Who was it? It was Probably in the 90s. Sam, Sam Register? No, in the 90s. The Warner Brothers. Not... Jamie Kellner. Jamie oh, Kellner. God, what's wrong with that guy? Rather infamous for just putting the axe to several shows where it's like, this costs money. Cut. Actually, what, the one thing is, he actually, what he did was with Pinky and the Brain, he was responsible for Pinky, Elmire, and the Brain. Uh, I think that's almost worse than Sam Register's comment about BTAS versus the Crap Man. <laughs> see, see, Neil. Now Mike is calling it the right name too. Well, only once. <laughs> it, well, uh, what I love is is this guy. He he brought the executives. He brought the people who are responsible for Pinky and the Brain, a wonderful, loved, award-winning show, and says you have to make it. You have to make it more like The Simpsons. Put Elmira from Tiny Toons in it. That's exactly what he said. Fucking hell. Yeah, that guy's a dick. <laughs> Although, and, then, and then when the show tanked after that, he's like, well, it's obviously your fault. Yeah, that's the way exactly. <laughs> the one thing we forgot to mention is this. Stupid dry cleaner. He gave me the wrong suit. Black vinyl and latex and a freaky little mask. Who knows what this weirdo's into? As soon as I thought of that because of who voices Hal, I was like, yeah, Kevin Smith goes around in a freaky Green Lantern mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does just walk around to just say, you know, did he re- did we really need to see him fight a giant robot? <laughs> robot being a robot spider? Yeah. Lame. Uh... Yeah, see, see, this the Wikipedia article about J- Jamie Kellner is like, Totally painting him as a as a good guy because it says that he he uh, he made Fox a legitimate fourth network. He wait he had something to do with Fox. I don't remember. Um, yeah, uh, he he uh, he actually helped get the Simpsons married with children, Beverly Hills, nine one two one Omo, Rose Place, and Living Color off the ground. Oh wow, that's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> so and then War- when he was brought to Warner Brothers. They were like, "Oh, this guy will be uh, great," and then he wasn't. Yeah, he yeah he was known quite infamously for just putting the axe a whole bunch of things. Animaniacs, thinking the brain, freakazoid, hysteria. Yeah, he uh, he's the guy who uh, put the axe to WCW. <laughs> he he's the guy who says that he's who says that video recorders mm-hmm. should be should be illegal because you're stealing the shows. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like people are gonna. You know, record something on their VCR and take it to an NFL stadium and hijack the broadcast and then broadcast it to everybody. Well, 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 here it is. Because of the ad skips, it's theft. Your contract with the network when you get the show is you're going to watch the spots. Otherwise, you couldn't get the show on an ad-supported base. Anytime you commit, skip the commercial, watch the or or watch the button, you're actually stealing the programming. I have an objection to that. Uh... Audiences never signed any such contract. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, he's trying to make some sort of nebulous social contract type <laughs> argument. And no, 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 no. No, that's it's, a, it's, 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 it's called change your business model or 
go out of business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just love that. You're stealing. He probably, yeah, he probably, he probably supported SOPA. Oh, that I was going to say that's a very SOPA-esque argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's dead, so for now anyway. Well, it's it's just sleeping. Like the yellow fear monster. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in hibernation inside the power battery. What the hell is that noise? Uh, just cleaning my keyboard. Oh, I thought you were inhaling something there for a minute. It's, you know, keyboard gets some grime in the middle of the key sometimes. It happens. Huh. Sounds like your whipped cream can is deflated. What? Sounds like a deflated can of whipped cream when it's at the bottom when there's no whipped cream left in the ready whip can. Alright. I'm killing the environment. Well, so is everyone else on the planet, so why not get your own contribution? Remember remember when they were bitching about aerosol cans, Neil? Yeah. That reminds me, I forgot to put the, the, the song from Rocco's Modern Life in, in our environmental show. <laughs> R-E-C-Y-C-L-E, recycle. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we gave those environmental whack jobs a real one-up, huh? Yeah, I have to go back and listen to that episode again because as soon as you guys started talking about Avatar, I hit stop. I was like, fuck, I don't want to hear about Avatar. So I'm going to have to skip ahead and listen to the rest of it. <laughs> James Cameron's Avatar? Yes. You don't like Avatar, do you? No. Well, I, I bashed it. I don't think we talked about it that long. It was like two minutes. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, think, I think most of the time we spent you know, comparing it to the Jetsons. But... <laughs> yeah, and we talked about the, the horrors of Tiffany replacing Judy Jetson. The sad thing about that is, though... Um, they actually recorded the original voice actress's track. Well, that too. Well, I wasn't going to... I was speaking about the Jetsons specifically. Um, oh, what's his name? The guy that voiced George. George Last O'Hanlon. Role. Yeah, George O'Hanlon. Uh, if if you go over to uh, iTunes and look up Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson, Rob actually interviews Andrea Romano. She was in the studio the day that George O'Hanlon died. He died voicing George Jetson. He had a heart attack in the studio. They rushed him to the hospital, oh. and he died later that night. And she tells this story, and it's just such a... Just the fact coming from someone who was actually there when it happened is just so emotional. And, her, yeah. and his last words were, Jane, stop, stop this. this crazy thing. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. He would have laughed, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, neither he nor Mel Blanc actually finished uh, their lines for that movie. Uh, you can hear off and on the, the voice flipping with someone else. Yeah. Well, was it Rob Paulson switching? No. I, Rob Paulson you know, could do it. Yeah, Rob Paulson could do it, and he has done that several times because I've I've heard him say that he's done it several times. Um, but I don't think it was him in the Jetsons movie. I don't know who it was. Yeah, I know who it was. I I just don't remember his name because it's also the the guy who does the modern voice of Fred Flintstone, the guy who does the voice of of uh, Yogi Bear now. Oh, he does yeah. all of those guys, and yeah. he's pretty good at it. Yeah, is he doing it for the uh, McFarlane Abomination too? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, every every time you see Fred Flintstone in Family Guy, and probably for the new show, it is him. I mean, it's nice that they get the original or the modern voice actor to do it. That's great. But still, I, I, I'm so skeptical about that show simply because it skeptical is. Skeptical at Seth MacFarlane. You should be scared. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping this... Uh, last-ditch effort by Cartoon Network to get people to watch live-action fails miserably. Oh, God, yeah. 
Remember when they remember when my buddy uh, Sketch nineteen eighty four on on Twitter uh, a- Andrew Higson he said you know he he and I have argued over cartoons and stuff before and you know he was like my biggest argument the last two years about Cartoon Network is they brought in all these dumbass live action shows Where's their the name is, their name is specifically Cartoon Network you're supposed to show fucking cartoons you're not supposed to show live action doesn't doesn't Nickelodeon show more cartoons than they do uh. Well, constant reruns of SpongeBob, yeah. But but see, that's the thing, though. Nickelodeon and Disney XD, which used to be Toon Disney, Disney XD now is more like a Nickelodeon type of channel where they show a mixture of both, and that's okay. But Cartoon Network, that you have cartoon in your fucking name. You're supposed to only show animation. And this level up bullshit, it might be cool if it was an actual cartoon, but because it's live action, oh God. What about the Ben 10 live action movie? Oh, don't get me started. You want to get started on uh, that? That's just that's that was just so. Stupid. Wasn't that like Lee Majors playing like the grandfather or some bullshit? I think so. I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Oh my! I God. think it was Lee Majors. Neil, what do you think of that? Um, I didn't even see it. Well, I, I thought you. I thought you're gonna. Say, I thought you're gonna say, didn't he need a paycheck? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Let me look that up. I I think Robert Picardo was in that piece of shit. He might have been. I don't know. You know, and the, and the funny thing is, I know Robert Ricardo was in Star Trek, and I remember him from that. But really, for me, where I remember him the most at this point is as a Mezo in JLU. Oh, he was great. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. You can see. Let me find it. Uh, let's see. There. Yeah, there was there was a movie. Let's see. What was the name of that movie? That movie was that movie was shit. Live action film aired in two thousand seven. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah, me, Lee Majors. Uh, See here, Robert Picardo. Yeah, this this is this is an offensive cast list because some of these actors are actually real actors. Uh, yeah. Okay, Alex Winter. Wow. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are we talking Bill and Ted? Is that? Is yes. That... Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben Ten live action movie is all these great actors just needing a paycheck. Let's see here. Uh, Tyler Patrick Jones. I don't know who that is. Okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Yeah, Robert Picardo. Uh, Sob Shimono. Who's that? Sob Shimono. No idea. Apparently he's a Japanese-American actor. Let's see here. Oh, he played he played Uncle in, uh, in Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, oh, okay. Shield not important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, this, 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 this really happened. And... Uh, so yeah, it's I can't. Oh, you have to see the you have to see the uh, the movie poster they made for this piece of shit, Neil. <laughs> Guy Gardner on drugs. Uh, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> that is so freaking dumb. For oh. real. It's yeah. Here, uh, yeah. Like, so yeah, it's wow. I can't believe they actually had Alex Winter piece of shit. <laughs> Paycheck. Whoa! I totally need to make rent, dude. <laughs> but Robert Picardo, he should he should still be getting residuals. No ordinary family. He was in that. He he actually played the same role in No Ordinary Family. He played the principal. Now he played the principal in No Ordinary Family as well. That's kind I of sad. Go back and watch that. Reason I never actually watching Ben Ten. No, No Ordinary Family. It's shit. It has well, it has commission. He's great, but. I liked it simply because it's it's Vic Mackey married to Darla from Angel. You're easy to please. I just know what I like and I know what I don't like, so why make things difficult? 
Okay, let's see. Someone just IM'd me. Let me just answer them really quick. Someone asked me how did the debate went last night about, like, with the Crap Man Defender. Yeah. I said, we slaughtered them like animals! <laughs> well, it was one against three and one, but I, I think we just followed them pretty early on. <laughs> well, what did he say again? They made it hip, and that's why it works? Yeah. No. It really wasn't. No. But there was no cohesion. They, they, they never planted anything for future... Yeah, that, I ended the just, show by asking him, what did this add to the mythos? And he said nothing. Well, it didn't even plant any seeds for itself. I mean, it, it the first season established nothing to be used in later episodes. It, it was basically like, here's a bunch of stuff we established, and we're going to destroy all of this before we even get to season three. <laughs> yeah, they got season... rid of all the characters in season one, and then by season three, those are all gone. Yeah, yeah see, that's the thing. Like, seasons one and two, they were all... They were all villain of the week or whatever episodes, and then by season three they said, "Oh, hey, we need a story now." So it was like Smallville. <laughs> Smallville's better than the Batman. Oh. Two words: Kryptonite football coach. Okay, replace him with Brody. Kryptonite condom. I mean, uh. <laughs> you know. Well, it's uh no, it's a, you, you the father from from uh, from. Uh, what was that show uh, with Fred Savage? As oh. is the football yeah, coach oh, that was kryptonite powered. Come Wonder on. years, yeah, I I remember that episode. Yeah, um, you can't defend that episode. I don't even want to. No, I, I, I will. I will smack <laughs> you with I the fight of God. I'm not defending the episode. You said the father from that one show that Fred Savage was in. I was like. Oh yeah, the Wonder Years, because the guy has been in. He's guest starred in plenty of other. He's guest starred in tons of other stuff. So I was remembering the actor. I wasn't going to defend the damn episode. What about what about the guy who became a Spider Man, Kryptonite powered Spider Man? Long came a Kryptonite Spider Man. It's been so long since I've seen any episodes of Smallville. I couldn't even remember. Season one and two was Kryptonite empowered Monster of the Week. Right. Season and 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 uh, Lex. Clark homoerotism. <laughs> That's all Smallville had going for it. That's why girls watched it. The guys watched it for the Monster of the Week fights. The girls watched it for... Is this the episode where they kiss? You know, I can't, No! I can't no, she has the, the green necklace around her neck and it's gonna kill him! No, not her. Them, the guys. Oh. No, the girls were watching Smallville for the homoerotism. But let's be honest with her. I can't fault for that. <laughs> so many times have I said blatantly... Poison Ivy and Harley. Yeah, Abigail. yeah, exactly. You know, well, you know, Paul Dini's like, well, yeah, they did. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Dini. <laughs> you know, it's like the commentary for for Harley and Ivy. Wait a minute, they're in men's. They're only in men's shirts. Uh, wait, what were we talking about again? <laughs> oh yeah, Batman's in this. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, right, Mike? Or do you don't watch the commentary tracks? Oh, yes, I remember that. That's why I laughed. I rem- I've, I've watched all the commentary tracks. I, I especially like the one from Almost Got Him when the, there's Glenmer or Kami in the room and they keep on, like, putting him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, poor Glenn. It's like, it's, it's, I just love that because it's like, it's like, yeah, when Glenn first applied for the job, he gave his, his portfolio and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we decided to keep him because he could draw strange alien creatures. 
I'm surprised in some of the commentaries that Glenn Murakami is in, or some of the vi- in some of the visual special features on the DCAU DVDs that Glenn's in. I'm surprised he didn't just say "fuck you guys." I'm going home and walked off the damn. No, well, well, he's like their Chuck. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's hilarious, dude. I've worked with Hey. Yeah, exactly. Can I say something about Transformers? No. <laughs> I just love it because he is their he is their Chuck because it because it's because the best he can do is like, oh you guys is like, hey look, it's his first storyboarders credits. How cute. And he's he's sitting there and <laughs> what I love is the commentary on World's Finest when they show the new Joker design and and Bruce Tim outright said it's Glenn Murakami's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like how much shit does this guy have to go through? It's it's like you have you have these talents like Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, and Paul Dini like continually shit on him in the commentary tracks. <laughs> Where did they dig up Jason Hillhouse though? He oh, that was one of the only things I didn't really care about any of the special features. I just don't like him as a host. <laughs> Yeah, I just like I said, I just thought it was the funniest thing is just how how they dump on Glenn. I, what, what's your favorite put down they did of Glenn? Oh, I don't. I'd have to go back and watch all the stuff. I don't remember them all. <laughs> I've heard that the commentary track for the Goonies is kind of like that. Apparently, at one point, Sean Astin gets up and walks out. <laughs> what, what, is, is it like you guys are douches? <laughs> Something like that. Because they're all they're all picking on him, and he's like, "God damn it!" He gets up, he gets like all pissed and puffy and storms out you said sean astin right what you said sean astin i right? think i think so that's what i've yeah. been told so rudy got up and walked out yeah <laughs> wow. well you know the the uh, well you know he had to go to uh mordor and <laughs> yeah, yeah what pisses me off about certain commentaries in general not necessarily the dcau stuff but um, what pisses me off about some commentaries in general is they'll say, oh, we have the cast and crew. We have the, you know, three or four members from the cast of whatever it is, whether it's animation, live action, whatever. And then we have the director and somebody else. But instead of doing two separate commentary tracks, like with one with just the cast and then one with just the crew, they do it together. And the two groups are in two separate places. So it's two separate audio sounds because the cast could be in a room that might echo and the, and the crew might not be. And that just that's one of the reasons why sometimes there are certain commentaries I cannot watch. Oh, have you ever tried watching the commentary for Total Recall? Oh, that's glorious. No. Oh god. <laughs> it's a Arnold describing the scenes. <laughs> I haven't. And he's, he's saying it like he's saying it in his most boring voice, like, Yeah, this is the scene where see she's trying to keep me from watching the TV, but I see it, I know. <laughs> he, says I, I just... his, he says one of his catchphrases, he's like, ha, that was very funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's like two hours of this. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's actually hilarious because it's 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 just oh my god! It's 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 Arnold at his worst. Yeah, at his driest. It's it's like it's almost as bad as the one for, where he did for Conan. And like I said, the one with Taylor Recall is like for the first twenty minutes, the director's there and is actually trying to talk about the movie, and then yeah. the director realizes, you know, I'm just gonna let Arnold talk. <laughs> and all of this is all of this is actually in in our outtakes uh, for next Friday. <laughs> yeah, because Steve was talking about that. Yeah, yeah. and Steve agrees with me that like the best way to do it to do an Arnold is not to do him as an action star, but do him extremely boring. <laughs> yeah, just do him deadpan. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was that's how he was in in those commentaries because he's like. 
yeah, I just told a joke. Yeah, the cab doesn't understand what I want, but the cab is still going to go there. <laughs> what yeah. pisses me off about commentaries sometimes, specifically movie commentaries, is they're not ta- sometimes they go off topic and don't talk about making of the movie or they don't talk about the actual scene that's on the screen. They're, you know, telling stories of this, that, and the other thing, everything else. And that's that, that, that to me is, has, it's not giving me any behind the scenes information on whatever current scene it is. The one commentary that bored me to death and I will never ever watch the movie again with the commentary on was, uh, the 2007 live action Transformers movie with the Michael Bay commentary on. It's basically just him whipping his dick out saying, Hey, look, I like the military. I like this. I did this. I have this much money. I got, this is how we did this shot. We did this plastic this way. I fucked that robot that way and blah, blah, blah. It's, he says nothing about the actual fucking scenes that he's talking. It's like they just sat him down in a room and said, tell us how you. Tell us how great you are. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell us how great you are, and also tell us how you went through and spent all the money in making this fucking movie. Don't tell us anything about the fucking movie. That's one of the things that pisses me off about commentaries. Well, you could have it the other way, where you have uh, where you have Arnold describing every scene. Oh. <laughs> okay, but like, all right, take um, take Return of the Joker, for example. They recorded a commentary for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. They go scene by scene, and they give you behind the scenes stuff, whether it's. You know, saying which animation studio did it, saying which storyboard artist drew it, because I know they mention Adam Benwick a lot of times, you know, or they mention about, you know, how Kevin, you know, went through the process of becoming old Bruce and he, you know, basically just changes his octaves a little bit. You know, that's interesting. Okay, that's a play by play. As the movie goes throughout, well, that, that's that's just that's how Bruce Tim and his team right, does commentaries. Exactly. They, they well, did it the people, right way. Well, people need to learn from Bruce Tim then. And I always love his commentary tracks because his commentary tracks are funny, especially the ones where they where they uh, shit on uh, on Glenn right. Murray Yeah, <laughs> because it's because he's sitting right there, and, and they're they're just oh my god! It's I'm just waiting for that moment when he's he's he, where he actually does go screw you guys and <laughs> 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 walks out. It's because you know. Did I ever tell you what I, when I found out was uh, Bruce Timm's actual contribution to season one of Teen Titans? Did I ever tell you that, Mike? I don't think so. I don't okay, remember. I found out this from another commentary. Yeah. Bruce Timm admitted all he did was he was there for the first five minutes on the first day, and he said to the team, okay, you have to make... Uh, Okay, make Deathstroke like an evil Batman. Excuse me, guys, I have to go in the other room and work on season two of Justice League. <laughs> I, is he is he listed as an executive producer on Teen Titans for season one? And that's all I did. But then again, the executive producer quote unquote job or role is so wide ranging. So I mean, you know, that really, it's like, hey, I'm an executive producer of this. Basically, your job is whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, that's all he did for season one of Teen Titans. He just said, you know, you know, make. Deathstroke like an evil Batman. Oh, excuse me. It's uh, we were working on Starcrossed here. I'll, I'll be back. Um, never. <laughs> you didn't know about that. I thought I thought you knew about the, that commentary track. I no, because if it as I've said before, if it's Teen Titans related, I just don't get. Oh, it's it, that's that's the best star stuff because if you actually have someone who's from the real creative team, yeah, it, and and they actually talk about Teen Titans, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. Because because they because they because they're trying to be nice, but at the same time it's kind of a backhanded nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, just most things that. Uh, uh, let me just. Get, yeah. I had a double down today, Neil. How was it? Good. Have you ever had one yet? Nope. 
Who's Spada reviewing a double down? That's Spada? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My arm's numb. <laughs> Is this the part where he says, fuck you? No, no. Fuck you, double down. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a heart attack. That's the joke. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, the top comment is, it's a fucking fast food sandwich. Why are you analyzing? Jesus fucking Christ, the world today. No, well, see, that's the thing, though, because it's like, you know, Spada is one of those, he's he's near top, he's one of the near top tier Transformers reviewers on YouTube. He's not among, like, he's among, like, maybe the top six. He's not near the top three because there are people that are on YouTube that actually, quote unquote, review toys professionally and actually make tons of money off of YouTube from it. But, you know, he'll try to branch out and do something different or do something funny. And every single person that comments on his video is like, get back to Transformers. Why are you doing this? It's like, grow the fuck up, people. Oh, Neil, did you ever hear what happened with, uh, with, the, with the parrot sketch? What? From, from uh, Monty Python. That. Mike, you, you know Monty Python at all? Mike? I've seen some of it, but... Other, other than Rekgar. <laughs> okay, the uh, shut the, up. <laughs> the, uh, the the parrot sketch is famous because it's a it's a guy coming in with a dead parrot yeah. that he bought from a pet store, right. and the whole skit is is the pet store owner denying that the, the parrot is dead. Yeah, and what happened was uh, Margaret Thatcher made a speech and she actually referenced the parrot sketch. So <laughs> like the the next summer when Monty Python did the parrot sketch live, wow. what happened was this. Uh, you know, you have John Cleese's character bringing the parrot. Says, "Excuse me, sir, you, you sold me this parrot, and it's dead." The owner looks at the parrot and says, "I believe you're right. Here's your money back in the, ho- the holiday voucher." Uh-uh. Well, you can't say Thatcher hasn't changed some things. I just love the audience is like, "Oh, we've seen this before. This is going to be great." <laughs> what do you think of that, Neil? That was pretty good. <laughs> Did you like how they just changed it completely? Oh yeah. <laughs> because the whole audience is like, "Oh, we're going to have a five-minute parrot sketch." It's like, nope. <laughs> oh, so it is. Uh, here's your money back. <laughs> oh God, why why can't why can't comedy be like that again? I have no idea. This is back before John Cleese really sold out. <laughs> What's the name of that movie he was in with uh, with Ron Atkinson? I have no oh. idea. The one that had Smash Mouth at the end. I don't. I no clue. Rat Race. Oh, Rat Race. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's the funny thing in, in England people were going crazy because it, it, it's Mr. Bean and John Cleese in the same movie which never happened before which probably should never happen again I mean I like John Cleese but god Mr. Bean is so fucking annoying what are some other shitty episodes of Teen Titans Neil should watch Mike all of them I was gonna <laughs> say they're pretty much all shitty <laughs> Um, there is one where they overstretch it to really tie into DCAU, the one where Starfire goes into an alternate universe or alternate future. Oh, oh, that one sucks. And Nightwing shows up and, yeah. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> that, that one implies that without Starfire, the, the planet becomes a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You know what? You know what would have been more interesting if... Because I know the Teen Titans crew isn't most without, with isn't without talent. Well, 
Except for Glenn. Derek G. White, who did the designs, has talent. That you know that guy is cool. But as far as the actual producers, who who was produced? I don't even know because I, I don't I don't I don't give a shit about Teen Titans. I don't I don't ever look up the Sam information. Register spearheaded it. He was executive producer. Glenn right. Tommy was was the for was the forerunner of the show. He he basically did the day to day shit. Okay, basically if it, erase Teen Titans from history, erase the cartoon from history. Have Bruce oh my goodness. Why, is this, why is this world all of a sudden suddenly better? Cold fusion works. What what, what happened? What'd you do, Mike? Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Erase Teen Titans from history. Kaiser's have, cured. Hold on, damn it. Erase oh, Teen Titans from history. There's no more have, deficit. Just let him go. Erase Teen Titans from history. Have Bruce Tim and the actual real DCAU crew create a Joker Harley cartoon based on an abusive relationship basically create an create an entire series off of mad love and people would be like oh this is horrible and i would just be like it's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> because yeah that's the thing neil watched mad love with me very recently and oh my god the shock neil had like with the bitch lab neil's like whoa how'd they get that past the censors because i mean they didn't actually show the at the time they didn't actually show the contact he wound up bar and yeah you hear, you hear this loud smack yeah, but, uh, and he didn't need to tell her twice no not at all <laughs> bad joke uh, oh what wow that that teen titan show was so bad it was yes and you know people are like but ron perlman's voicing slade that's awesome i'm like yeah but his lines were shit <laughs> i mean i mean the X3 had had Kelsey Grammer as Beast, the most inspired casting decision in history of comic movies ever. And that movie's still a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, Kelsey Grammer as Beast. H- have you ever heard a phrase that is, isn't more perfect? It is better. Kelsey Grammer should have reprised as a teacher in, uh, in first class because that Beast sucks ass. I like the I like the transformation and how he became Beast in First Class, but the guy that plays Beast is one of the worst actors I've ever seen. I see what they were trying to go for, but yeah, they, yeah. Well, they could they should have gotten David Had Pierce. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> a young Kelsey Grammer is David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They should have cast David Hyde Pierce. Okay, you're gonna play the young Hank McCoy. <laughs> Which when did actually, my brother come in? <laughs> which actually is kind of appropriate because uh, because in the Ultimate Universe, uh, Beast is gay. Oh my God! Wow, it's true. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not denying. <laughs> you know what? I have to have the, the, the David Hyde Pierce though because because even though he was very effeminate as Niles Crane, he still pulled off playing a man who was absolutely devoted and like adoring Daphne. Well, Daphne is adorable. I mean, you gotta admit it. Even though you could tell that the actor was gay, he still pulled it off to where you truly believe this man was like, you know, admired and adored this woman. Yeah. And did you that, know that that what's what's the name of that actress? I forgot oh, her name. Oh, Jane something. Oh. She she was in Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. No, uh, yeah, that's the one. She was one of the uh, the topless dancers at the end of the movie. <laughs> Although they Jane, had Jane uh, leaves, although they had fake boobs still. <laughs> like I said, I just thought that was really funny that you know 
you know, he's a fantastic actor, and he does a fantastic voice work when he does voice work, too. I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the voice work he did, but every time he did it, I, I know, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, well, he my... was the only good thing in Osmosis Jones. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what I loved was him on, uh, was him playing Cecil. Yeah. And, and you know, he picks up Sideshow Bob, and they're talking, and, and, uh, and and the and the so Bob says to Cecil, you even went to clown, clown college. And Cecil says, I hardly consider Yale a clown college. <laughs> he was the walking stick insect, slim in a bug's life. Uh, Doctor Delbert Doppler in Disney's film Treasure Planet. Uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy. But he actually petitioned for the actual he body actor. Credit. Yeah. Well. He, he refused credit for his Hellboy role because he felt it was performance of Doug Jones and not his own voice. And I agree with him. That's yeah. actually That shows he has a lot of class as well. Yeah, the Simpsons stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, what I love is they actually, in the third episode that they ha- where they had Cecil come back and Saito yeah. Bob come back, they had, the, they had the John Mahoney play their father. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Neil, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Kind of, he's kind of sound different to that news of awesome. I'm sorry, what? John Mahoney played Sideshow Bob and Cecil's father. He played Martin Crane in in Fraser. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I need to go back on Netflix and watch Fraser from the beginning. It got added to Netflix a while ago. I haven't seen that show in a long time. It's funny. My favorite episode is actually the one after. Is actually one of the ones after Fraser and uh, no, after Niles and Daphne got married. And, yeah. Uh, and the uh, and the uh, they were giving Martin a, a hassle because he still had his gun in the apartment. Oh yeah. And what I loved is this this shot where where you know Lilith visits and Lilith you know said all these horrible things about Daphne because Daphne was pregnant, pregnant like. Uh, judging by the fact that your boobs are lopsided on and the and the uh, heavy hair on your legs, it's going to be a boy. God. And then and then and then Lilith leaves and Daphne was really mad and she says, "I don't even want to go to lunch." And and now says, "Well, what about me?" And she says, "Oh, have a banana." Throws it at him. <laughs> and he he dials solves with a banana, knocks the shoebox with Martin's gun on the ground. It goes off. Niles is on the ground because he's trying to catch the banana. And they're like, "What happened?" And, and I was like, I think the banana went off. <laughs> and then they saw that. And then they saw that the bullet shot and like traveled to the apartment and wrecked a bunch of Fraser stuff. And everyone's blaming each other. And 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 uh, and Niles says, "You threw a banana at me." And, and Daphne says, "To you, you should be able to catch a banana." And Niles <laughs> says, "We're not having this argument again." <laughs> Um. Oh, but oh, and I just uh, love that. Yeah, <laughs> that show was so cleverly written. It was. I never, even on Cheers, I hated Lilith. I never liked that character. I, oh, I the, the the actual actress herself is a sweetheart. Oh, I'm sure, but I yeah, I'm not saying and she, about the she's actress. a fantastic singer. Oh my God, she has the greatest voice I've heard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you ever see the episode Enemy at the Gates? Uh, dude, it's been so long. Oh, th- this one had a great payoff because this this was like this was like uh, half a season after the episode where Roz and Fraser slept with each other. Okay. So what it is is Fraser is is refusing to leave uh, a parking garage because they're charging him for a full thirty minutes when they just went in and out in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So he's late for the show because he says I'm just gonna stay here for the whole thirty minutes. And he's holding up the line and. 
And so Roz has to like fill that air with just talking. And someone called in saying, uh, things are strange to work right now because I slept with my, because I slept with my boss. And, and, and Roz says, well, the same thing happened to me, but everything's fine now. <laughs> and the next caller's like, but Fraser's your boss. Uh, and, and Roz is like, oh, no, no, that was a long time ago. That was something else. And, and but the caller kept on pressing Roz. <laughs> And, and and it's and then all the callers figured out that Ross slept with Fraser, and everyone at the, the station figured it out. And then and then Fraser rushes in. He doesn't know anything about what happened. And Fraser, oh. said, and Fraser says, "Ross is probably telling you about my exploits." Uh, so what happened was, uh, what happened was there was a line, and 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 I was just waiting for time to run out. I was just kept on looking at the clock, waiting for the 30 minutes to run out. And I had my brother there. So I at least had someone to talk to. And, and I, in the end I was able to get out without paying my $5. <laughs> he went oh, serious. Like I know Frazier is, is an anal retentive character, but Jesus Christ, that's bad. God, I couldn't stop laughing. Because Ross had this mortified look on her face the longer Fraser went on because he didn't know what was what the situation was. Word. You gotta admit that's funny. That is funny, but geez. <laughs> it's funny, but it's so freaking stupid because of his, as I just said, his his anal retentiveness to, you know, always have his way. All right, so <laughs> everyone knows that David Hasselhoff is most popular in Germany. Another thing that's most popular in Germany, apparently, is the TV show Viper, because the first season of Viper was released in German-language DVD in Europe in early 2011. The pilot movie and all 12 episodes are included in the Region 2 PAL release. No plans, as of yet, have been announced for distribution in North America. However, there is a large cult following for the series on the internet, and the campaign was launched in 2008 to bring Viper to DVD in the USA by registering and voting at tvshowsondvd.com. The website now lists the NBC season at the 49th mark and the syndicated seasons at the 58th mark of most requested unreleased shows. Come on, seriously, people? This is not online anywhere, and I'm not talking about torrents or illegal shit. I'm just saying, like, you know, iTunes lists all this shit, like a lot of really, really bad shows that no one should ever watch, but they can't have Viper in oh, there. Well, it just seems so uncreative. It'd be like if they named, uh, named Knight Rider Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> Last time on Trans Am. <laughs> Oh, God. You guys haven't done Batman Beyond yet, have you? Not yet. No. you got to make sure you bring up... Today on Tomorrow Night... Because <laughs> the one of the original working titles of Batman Beyond was tomorrow, the, the Tomorrow Night, K-N-I-G-H-D. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's a bad joke. Hey! It was... Was it Bruce or was it Alan that said it in, in, in the commentary? It might have... I don't know. It was one of those guys that said it in one of the commentaries... One of the special features. You mentioned David Hasselhoff and I. <laughs> oh Mike, my have, God. Mike, have you seen this music video? Yes, I've I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. It's epic, in the wrong way. Discovering that that David Hasselhoff is is like a music singer in in Germany. For us, that's kind of like the Japanese discovering the Mega Man box art for the first time. Think, wait, what? What's oh, this? Oh, Mike, did you see? Did you see Capcom trolling the internet? Yes. That's epic. Yeah. That is well, hilarious. Well, you know, I will say, and and it's mainly because I'm a I'm a Knight Rider fan, 
I do have the song he released in what year was it? Let's see. Yeah, do you have a Don uh, Johnson's uh, musical career as well? No. You know about that, right? Yes, I know about it, but it's not as popular as David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's, I have, it's as bad. It's as bad. I mean, it's I, as bad, but it's not as popular. So, <laughs> I, I, have, just, I just love how this looks just like it was shot and like uh, compiled in Movie Maker. Yeah. In in like in like in like a five minute break. Yeah. Could you imagine if Sunbow had gotten uh, Don Johnson to insert a song in the GI Joe the movie? Oh my God! Heartbeat. <laughs> uh, seriously, I, th- I think this music video—the most expensive shot was him was was oh, him on the boat. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I can't believe this music video exists. I hate it when people just have one feed for their when a when a podcast network has one feed that they put all their fucking shows in. I can't stand that. It was like refreshed iTunes podcasts. Oh, two episodes are downloading. One is from something that I just don't give a shit to listen to because I don't care about the people that host the damn thing. Ah, I need to delete some of this shit anyway. These are all old episodes. And no, it's nothing that you guys do. It's from a no. uh, pop culture network. We only have one podcast, so I know it wasn't. Yeah. We do have specials from Rock and Time. Yeah, time. but your specials are, you know, it's still your all, you know, it's still you guys doing it. Uh, Pop Culture Network does, has like, I don't know, four or five different podcasts, and it's 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 kind of like This Week in Geek. As much as I love working for Twig and I love doing Jump the Shark and all that stuff, but Pop Culture Network has five or six different podcasts. One of them is all about video games, and that, that would be cool and that would be fun to listen to, but I don't care for the two people that host the damn thing because I don't care to listen to them. So. Oh, my God. It's So, so Neil, what episode of Teen Titans do you want to see next? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to pick. Okay. You're, get, you're coming in really soft, Neil. Oh, that's because I was facing away from the... From the... So you could breathe? <laughs> no, because I was... <laughs> Because the monitor is in a different direction. So. <laughs> I make I a chocolate. Prop on, I have to oh. prop it up on something, and it's like kind of pointed a different direction. Uh, have you have you ever seen Chocolate Rain, Mike? No, I don't think so, and I don't think I want to. Oh, it's actually epic. This guy actually got a got a music deal with Dr. Pepper. Hmm. All right. Chocolate Rain. He has this voice, this this deep voice that doesn't match how he looks. <laughs> what is it, a white guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he he's he, he's not like Rick Ashley. <laughs> because when I first heard that song, I thought that was a black guy. First time I, th- I heard Michael McDonald sing, I thought it was a black. That's where it, just just look at him and hear how deep his voice is. Yeah. Nuts. You see him moving away from the mic so he can breathe. Yeah. He like 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 I said, he actually got a deal with with Dr Pepper. Yeah. Here's here's the here's the song he did for Dr Pepper. Uh, yeah. No. That's I don't even care to watch the rest of it. Nope. <laughs> That's bad. Well, he made a lot of money. He may have made a lot of money, but so did William Hung. So you know. Well, she bangs, she bangs, <laughs> and she moves, she moves. She bangs, she bangs, amazed by the way she moves, she moves, no one ever looks so fine. She reminds me that a woman's got one thing on her mind.
lets you know that I have the strength of 100 tiny tripling chihuahuas.